Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewers Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today. I know a lot of people are getting ready to go back to school, kids, teachers alike, all across the country. A lot of people ask me as far as over the last couple of days, you know, what's the best thing as far as keeping the kids healthy as they get back around a lot of other kids. And I've said the same thing as I always have, the basic immunity kit alongside the back-to-school kit, which is fantastic with the multiple and cod liver oil, and then the basic immunity kit, which has the D3 and the vitamin C and the zinc. Those are all, in my opinion, mandatory staples, especially as kids start being around each other and, you know, kids, especially younger ones, they like to touch everything. And so those are some things that I would highly recommend. So I've had a lot of emails, so I'm addressing them on the show right now as far as keeping their immune system strong and try doing the best you can to mitigate them getting little colds and sniffles and bringing them back home to the rest of the family. So be sure to check those out on the new website at healthmasters.com. And also, too, you guys voted. It won the probiotic $350 billion. This is by far the strongest probiotic in the world that I have ever been able to basically put together. When it's packaged, it's 650 billion CFU, which is colony-forming units at the time of packaging. However, we rated it 350. As time goes on, the older the product gets, it starts to lose some of that as far as strength. But at the end basis, at the end of two years on the expiration date, it's at minimum 350 billion CFU. And uh, this has 15 different types of diverse uh, probiotic strains, really supports healthy gut microbe, incredibly effective. This is a very, very good product, especially if you're having gut issues, digestive issues, and or you've been on any type of antibiotics. Great product, expensive to manufacture, but we're still putting it on sale for everyone to give it a try if that's something you're really needing right now. Because I know a lot of people, especially if people have had surgery or they've gotten infections, they've been on antibiotics, this is a staple to really get your gut microbe back in check. So be sure to check that on the website at healthmasters.com. And, you know, I was had a customer send me an email about the topic that I brought up the other day regarding the ticks. And, you know, he said it's been going on for years as far as the ticks and what they've been doing is certain times they can cause uh, meat reactions, people to eat meat. However, there's something much more nefarious going on with this now because as we've talked about, this entire concept of people suddenly being allergic to meat and this alpha-gal syndrome now and the COVID-19 vaccines is definitely a connection. And I think the tick issue is definitely something that's been going on for a while, but we've never seen it to this extent. And on top of that, it's rapidly expanding, especially after the shot schedule has gone out. And it's not ironic enough that you've had this um, individual, this bioethics, a bioethics individual linked to the World Economic Forum. And during a lecture, his name's Dr. Matthew Leo, director of the College of Global Public Health Center for Bioethics at New York University. This is back in 2016, he explained his vision of genetically modifying people in the name of saving the earth. And he goes on to say, and I quote, he goes, people eat too much meat. And if they were to cut down on their consumption of meat, then it would actually help the planet. But people are not willing to give up meat. Some people be willing to do so, but other people may not be willing to do so because they're weakest of will. They say, the steak is too juicy. I can't do that. I'm one of those, by the way. He goes, but here's a thought. If it turns out we know a lot about, we have these intolerances, for example, a milk intolerance. And some people are intolerant to crayfish or crustaceans. So possibly we can use human engineering to make the case 
that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat, so we'll avoid those type of proteins. There's a thing called the lone star tick, where if it bites you, it will become allergic. You'll become allergic to meat. So there's something we can start doing this in the form of human engineering, and we need to address this immediately. This guy talked about this in 2016. That is a quote from a video from him, and I will post it on the website, talking about engineering humans to start being allergic, essentially, to meat. And he specifically brings up the issue of the Lone Star Tick. So again, I, like I said earlier, I don't find it coincidental at all that you're hearing about this problem and this alpha-gal syndrome now that's starting to pop up significantly across the country, while at the same time now they're blaming it on simply a tick problem while you have a individual for essentially it's linked to the World Economic Forum back in 2016 talking about this very subject and engineering human beings to be allergic to meat. Again, this is why it's so important. You're very cautious what you put in your body, especially when it comes to food nowadays and doing some research as far as what you're eating. This whole lab-grown meat thing is going to be a real debacle in the next couple of years. I'm telling you that right now. There's no telling what they're putting in this food that they're growing in labs. There's, there's no telling. We have no idea. We don't know if they're engineering it to make you allergic or start having a reactions to actual real meat. We don't know if you're going to start having intolerances to other items and other compounds. We don't know if it's going to cause digestion issues or it's going to prevent absorption of certain nutrients. There's no telling because it simply has gotten granted as safe for human consumption without any type of testing as far as long-term testing with this, and yet it's being rolled out unbelievably aggressive. I saw another article the other day that another lab is going up in the United States that's going to start producing this petri dish, almost cancerous-type meat that's grown in these labs. Who's funding all these laboratories to be implemented? Well, I pretty much can guarantee you, you already know the answer to that when it comes to BlackRock and Vanguard. So what you're seeing now is this concerted effort to produce a product that they're going to try to introduce into the market that nobody's asking for, nobody wants, and nobody actually thinks it's a good idea, but yet we're being told we need to accept it as a new thing. But I want to put this article up on the website with this Dr. Matthew Leo and uh, let you guys watch the video on this because I've had a lot of comments about the Lone Star TikTok comment that we talked about on the show the other day, and it's very ironic that he brings this up back in 2016 and references this as something that they can start doing to genetically engineer essentially humans to be allergic to meat. So we'll stop eating meat, and essentially – and he doesn't talk about lab-grown meat in this article because that hadn't really hit the mainstream outlets yet. But now you can see why they're starting to push this narrative. Wanted to get that out there first thing so people understand. Be very cautious what you're putting in your body right now, especially when it comes to the way of food and or type of drugs or vaccines because clearly there's an agenda going on with this what do you think then well you know years ago jesse ventura had a show called conspiracy theory or whatever it was a good show 10 years ago a lot probably longer than that now and he went on for two or three seasons and finally the powers to be took him down and he was no longer allowed to talk about it i mean he talked about everything including you know plum island and what happened at plum island with lyme disease and, of course, Plum Island is, I guess, off the coast, up in the northeast, and it was one of those places that they were doing all kinds of, how should I say, bioweapon engineering, all kinds of crazy genetic manipulation. And it kind of was funded and trained by and put together by the Nazi scientists that were doing all kinds of crazy stuff you know, during World War II. And a lot of people say that Lyme disease developed and came out of Plum Island, which I personally believe that. And this tick-borne Lyme disease that basically has affected so many people all over the United States and and ticks are a tremendous bioweapon. Not only are they a nasty little creature that people can't stand, 
they basically uh, are a they are a you know blood sucking parasite, and they like to inject whatever they have inside of them into the human being and, and start sucking and getting bloated. I mean, I loathe ticks. I can't stand them. I've had them on me before, and uh, so we got scars from them, and I just can't stand them. I just loathe ticks. So when you talk about being a tick, basically telling people to get diseases from a tick that's going to make them allergic to meat, I guess they can engineer that too. And so I guess it's all about you know making us not want to eat meat. And the thing about it is, again, this has nothing to do with saving the planet. It just doesn't have anything to do with the planet at all. It has to do with a giant geoengineering you know, manipulation of the planet as far as the earth, its resources, and also a giant petri dish of experimentation on us which is what these fallen ones did for thousands of years you know before genesis 6 hit you know in which god came in and flooded the country the world i mean it's all started with the ancient canaanite religions i mean all all of this stuff was you know pre-adamic stuff in which they absolutely hate humans and they're geneticists and a lot of these angels worked and helped god these fallen ones to basically procreate you know, human beings and all the other stuff, they couldn't put life into the humans. Only God could do that. But they were doing the genetic manipulations, doing the DNA genetics manipulations, all the things they were doing. Uh, they were taught how to do this. And, and so this group of entities have that ability to take what God did and built and made and manipulate it and twist it. They prove that in Genesis 6. And that's what they always do because they hate us and they hate God. And it's just they're, 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 they're not – they're psychopaths. They don't have, you know, they don't care about you. They, they don't have any empathy. They don't have any sympathy. They don't care if they firebomb Dresden because it releases all that energy that feeds them when all these people are dying. And they don't care about the million children. They're instrumental in that happening as far as the human sacrifice that occurs and the child sex trafficking because they are a sex death cult. And once you get that, you start to see it. But as far as having concerns about humanity – or concerns about mothers who are pregnant, losing their babies, they don't care about that. Having concerns about you know children not being able to reproduce and becoming hermaphroditic because their ovaries and their testicles are being attacked by spike proteins, they don't care about that. Remember, there's a finite number of these entities, and they feed off of us. And when we get too, much, too many of us on this planet, they don't like that. They've got to cull the herd, and they're constantly trying to change our DNA to make us more – appetizing to them oh god that sounds weird because when the energy is released from our bodies i don't know i mean it's just whole things weird i don't like talking about any of it you know and, and i've talked about it in depth before about how they i'm not going to do it how they encircle a table with human sacrifice and all the rich all the crazy stuff and they, and they develop a, a residence sink and that the entities on the other side of the veil transfer information to them and back and forth and feed them it's just it's a parasitic organization is what they are and they and they're basically just nauseating so why would a parasite not think about using another tick parasite in order to infect the other people that they're using for food i it's just so perverted austin i mean i think about it i go they can't be doing all this and then you say well they are you know but remember this and i covered this the other day again i'll I'll briefly mention it i'll cover it on angel wars which by the way has been edited and is being posted as we speak now so hopefully it'll be up by the end of the day but here's the thing when you see what happened in the pre-adamic race here and how Lucifer was running the show as far as buying and selling and going to and fro and all the rest, you start to realize this ain't his first rodeo. He already did this before, and he already fell into sin the first time he did this to the point where he felt he could take over God's creation and go against God in the third heaven and develop a space fleet, I guess, and go after God and try to do an interdimensional you know, rift to go into God and take over everything. This is not his first rodeo. 
But God being omnipresent stopped it all, and we covered it in the Space Wars and what happened to the, into the, the trial of Lucifer and all of his cohorts who were involved with him. But you got to think about it, man. You know, you ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we had – there's billions. They're innumerable, it says. We covered that in Angel Wars. There's a lot of them on this planet, but they don't need that many of us. We also don't know, honestly, what their lifespan is. We don't know. So it's, it's, a, it's a real weird place for us to be. I'm Some people say that these world governors that are running things in the highest levels of the quote-unquote scum that are running the planet can be thousands of years old, and they're entities inhabiting them. It's kind of like you watch that movie, you know, the, 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 not, not Star Wars, but the one where they have the, the, the space gates, and they go to different planets and all the other stuff, and these ghouls, they call them, get inside of these people, and they're like parasites on their insides, and they keep them alive, and they keep restoring their health, restoring their health, restoring their health for extremely long periods of time. And they have all these powers from the – there's this parasite that lives in them. Well, this whole planet is being controlled by these parasitic entities that basically feed on us. That's why it says that Satan runs about as a roaring lion seeking those who he may devour. So if you think they care about you, if you think they care about your children, they don't. God cares about you. I prayed for you guys this morning. God cares about your children. He knows what they were doing even in Jesus' time, and that's why he said – which might be better for them to tie a millstone around their neck, which is a couple thousand pounds, and would tie it to a rope and put it around their neck and drop them to the deepest part of the sea. Then what's going to happen to them on the other side? And they know that. That's why they're doing everything they can to try to force things to change on this planet. They know they don't have a snowball's chance in Hades to get through this. They know that. They've got that. They've already seen what happened to them when they all got locked up down in Antarctica. Now they've been released apparently, or some of them have been released or whatever. They know they can't get out of the mess they're in. So they're trying to destroy everything else because they figure they're going to burn it to the ground. They're going to take everybody out with them. If they can't get out of it, they're taking everybody else out with them. And I guess they, if they, as long as they're not breaching rules of engagement affecting freedom of will, I guess they're basically doing what they do here. It's, it's a weird world that we live in, and I've talked about that so much in Angel Wars. And then you have to ask yourself another question. This is an article from the Epic Times, and it says, why do these people hate freedom? And, and you know, in, in, the, in Europe, they don't really see freedom – you know, basically as freedom like we see it. They see freedom like the spreading of infection and death through COVID. So using it to some put agenda will certainly fail as far as freedom. You know, and so, you know, you, you watch that movie with Mel Gibson, you know, Braveheart, and he screams freedom as they're killing him, as they're disemboweling him, because he wanted to let people know that without freedom, we have absolutely nothing. And this article goes on to say, my own sense of things is that we cannot save the word freedom. We can, are completely sunk. Freedom is the basis of all progress, all human dignity, all human achievement. To favor freedom is not to say that individuals and society are perfect, only that permitting people to live their lives in peace is going to yield vastly better results than any plan pushed by the ruling class, whether national or transnational, corporate or government, nonprofit or profit. A world without freedom is a world myriad in endless economic and cultural stagnation. To be fair, the problem has not only affected Europe, but it's also true in the United States. There was a moment back in those days when Fauci and Biden and then everyone in their ranks trashed the very idea of freedom. On social media, partisans began spelling the word freedom like D-U-M-B, like you're stupid. This truly broke my heart since freedom is the core of the American idea. Without it, we too are sunk. If your goal is to promote some version of servitude under the wise guidance of the elite, freedom is indeed an anathema. Anyone who attacks this concept is playing with fire. 
They are plotting the destruction of the good life for regular people while scheming to pillage resources and power from the rest of society. It can happen under any excuse, national security, disease, climate change, stamping out sedition or whatever. But the goal is always the same to stop freedom. There are many ways to come to appreciate why freedom matters in history at our time. Some are perhaps less obvious. Much of the history and art and architecture and music of the late Middle Ages and leading into the Renaissance, the shifts and advances parallel each other throughout European experience based upon the amount of freedom the people had. The Bible says that basically we, are, have, we have freedom in Christ. We have the ability to see who God is because we know who we are in Jesus, and he's come to give us freedom and not to bind us to the Old Testament law anymore. Because where the law of sin and death is, there is no freedom. Where there is freedom, we have liberty in Christ. And that's why I've talked to you guys about this so much. God no longer looks at us from a microcosm as far as our individual sins because they're covered by grace. He looks at our heart to see where we are and who we are based upon the relationship that we have with him. That's a revelation that I've had, and, I, and it makes me realize that, you know, it's not about you know individual sin that we need to try to strive not to continue to willfully sin so we'll know that the grace may increase because we died to sin. But it's the fact of knowing that when we have God in our lives through Jesus, through the blood covenant that we have with Christ, that when we make a mistake, grace is sufficient for us. And we have that relationship with God Almighty in which we pray every day, we believe God every day, and we realize every day that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We realize that this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. We are not perfect. There is a God. He is perfect. We are not him and you are not him. Just let you guys know that just in advance. So I thought a little joke there this morning. But the reality is, is that we have God's will in our lives and the will of God can never be confused with the will of the majority. We have been put here according to a purpose for our lives. And that purpose is to serve God and obey his commandments, to serve Jesus, obey his commandments all the days of our lives, and to develop a relationship with God and to call home through prayer on an ongoing basis. So when we pass from this existence into the next existence, because we don't die, that God's going to know who we are. He's going to welcome us with open arms and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what this is. Christianity is so much more than the name it, blame it, blame it, crap, blab it, grab it groups. It's so much more. And that's why they're trying to destroy it. That's why there's an atavistic hatred of Christ, because they don't want him to be in our lives anymore. That's why they're doing everything they can to destroy our relationships. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and we will serve our Lord Jesus Christ. We will do that all the days of our life. And that's how I see it on this show, because I want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And that's why freedom is so very important. Look what's going on right now in the educational system. It's mind-boggling. We have indoctrination, intimidation, and intolerance. This is an excellent article by John Whitehead, who's got an amazing vocabulary. It goes, every day in communities across the United States, children and adolescents spend the majority of their waking hours in schools that have increasingly come to resemble places of detention more than places of learning. This means if we go back into America today and see the schools, instead of making the schools safer, government officials are making them more authoritarian. This is exactly what they did in Russia to raise all the good little communists. Instead of raising up a generation of civic-minded citizens with critical thinking, government officials are churning out compliant drones who know little to nothing about their history or their freedoms that they've, been, that they've lost. And instead of being taught the three R's of reading, writing, and arithmetic, young people are being drilled into three I's of life, 
is the indoctrination, intimidation, and intolerance from the police state. From the moment a child enters one of the nation's 98,000 public schools to the moment he graduates, they will be exposed to a steady diet of, number one, draconian zero-tolerance policies that criminalize childish behavior. Do what you need to do. Be a child. Be put on drugs. Be put on Ritalin. Be put on Adderall. Be told that something's wrong with you and that you're mentally ill. Number two, overreaching anti-bullying statutes that criminalize speech. School resource officers, police that are tasked with disciplining and or arresting so-called disorderly students who basically are trying to be kids who no longer can be kids. They've got to be compliant drones. Standardized testing that emphasizes rote answers over critical thinking. I'm going to say that again. This is really important. Standardized testing that emphasizes rote answers over critical thinking. I'm going to come back to that one in a second. Politically correct mindsets that teach young people to censor themselves and to those around them. And extensive biometric and surveillance systems that couple with the rest have these young people in a world today which they have no freedom of thought, speech, or movement because everything they do and everything they say is being monitored. I'm going to go back to the standardized testing that emphasizes rote answers over critical thinking. I remember when I was in college and they would give us these standardized tests that the people who could basically memorize and produce rote answers would always do better than someone who had critical thinking. I remember one time I was in this biology class, and the average grade on the test after we took it. Now, remember, we're all pre-med majors. We're all pretty doggone bright to get to this level at this point in this class. And the average score on the exam was a 28 out of 100. That means the average score, 90% of the class failed it. And they had to raise the test score to the mean to like a C at 28 so that people would pass the course. In other words, if you got a 28, you got a C, and you would pass the course, but you got an F on the exam. And I remember I raised my hand in class to the astonishment of my fellow students, and I said to the teacher, what the heck are you trying to do here? This is not a test of our knowledge in this class because we all certainly know the material. This is a test of our test-taking ability. It was a class in which there were like five possible answers on an exam, with any combination of any of the answers, it, would be, it could be A and B, A or C, A or E or A or D, or all of them, or any combination of all of them. There were possibilities of like 25 possible answers on one test, on one test question, because you had to fill in all the different possible alternatives. It was actually possible on that exam to get a negative score. You could actually make a minus 50 on this test because you didn't answer the questions right. Hence, we ended up with a 28 on the average. Now, what I should have done what a lot of people did do because it was still within the drop ad period of this class because after that first exam about half the class cleared out they just they dropped the course because there was no way unless you were extremely good at rote exams to basically get through that course with anything but a c or a b or a d if you were lucky in some cases because the teachers had made it impossible to get through the course unless you were good at rote memorization it was a test of our test-taking abilities, not of our knowledge, and I said that, and the class applauded me. Of course, half of them were gone the next day because they dropped the course. This is what we've turned into. We haven't the ability to have critical thinking anymore, and you have to be able to have rote memorization of what you learn. This is what's wrong with the current medical establishment today in the United States besides affirmative action. Ah, gosh, I know that steps on a lot of toes, but it's just this truth. You get somebody with a 2.0 GPA getting accepted in a medical school because of skin color or descent or whoever they're from versus a person who's got a 4.0 who doesn't get in because they're white. 
And of course, the Supreme Court supposedly overturned that, but I don't believe that yet. I think the schools are so indoctrinated with that, they're never going to change that. They just won't talk about it anymore. But the reality is the people now that are medical doctors, I know this medical doctor in Lakeland. She's a complete and total blithering idiot. I mean, an idiot. She tried to prescribe antidepressants for a lady that I knew who had morning sickness. No joke. With a developing baby in her womb. She personally gave me an injection of liquid aspirin versus a steroid injection for some bursitis I had in my right shoulder, which ended up with me ending up in the hospital with excruciating pain in my shoulder. Not making any of this stuff up. She was running around with triple masks on and trying to force everybody to take a COVID shot. I mean, this lady is a moron, a complete and total moron, but she's a medical doctor. And she is completely and totally in belief that she knows everything and she knows absolutely nothing. I know of another lady that she worked with trying to help her with her hormones and made the hormones even worse than they were before. And it goes on and on and on. And this lady personally told me that I was not allowed to come into her office with a gun ever again after she took over the practice. And, and I said to her, why don't you have it posted? No concealed weapons or firearms in your office. Why are you singling me out? She had no, she had no thought. She had no, she had not thought through that at all. And I said, this is Polk County. You're going to tell people not to bring guns into your office. You need to post it on the wall because pretty much everybody here is armed. Didn't do that either. And it goes on. And then I've talked to numerous staff people that who've been in her, in her office and they tell her that she's a complete and total moron. She doesn't know what she's doing. And all she does is guess at people and she hurts a lot of people. And if you get through there and stay alive, you're doing well on and on and on. This is the state of the American Medical Association today. This is the state of pediatricians who inject children knowing darn good and well there's a high probability these, child, these children are going to become autistic because Blue Cross or Blue Shield gives them a $200,000 bonus if they hit a certain percentage of children vaccinated, and they don't care what happens to the kids because they want their $200,000 bonus. It never, ever ends, and it starts back, what he said right here, with rote memorization of answers, period. You have no idea what you're talking about. You just memorize the answers and you know how to memorize things really well. So you score okay on standardized testing. And he's right about that. So our school systems have turned into indoctrination centers. He goes on to say, roped into the government's profit-driven campaign to keep the nation safe from drugs, disease, and weapons, the schools have transformed themselves into quasi-prisons, complete with surveillance cameras, metal detectors, police patrols, zero-tolerance policies, lockdowns, drug-sniffing dogs, strip searches, and active shooter drills. Young people in America are now the first in line to be searched, surveilled, spied on, threatened, tied up, locked down, and treated like criminals for non-criminal behavior. They're the first to be tasered, and in some cases shot. Students are not only punished for minor transgressions, such as playing cops and robbers on the playground, bringing Legos to school, or having a good or a food fight, the punishments have become far more severe, shifting from detention and visits to the principal's office and the misdemeanor tickets, juvenile court, handcuffs, tasers, and even prison terms. Students have been suspended under zero-tolerance policies of bringing to school a look-alike substance such as oregano or breath mints or birth control pills or powdered sugar. Look-alike weapons and toy guns and even Lego-sized ones, hand-drawn pictures of guns or pencils twirling in a threatening manner, imaginary bows and fingers you know, and arrows – Fingers pointed like guns can also land a student in hot water, in some cases getting them expelled from school or charged with a crime. Not even good deeds go unpunished. One 13-year-old was given detention for exposing to school to liability by sharing his lunch with a hungry friend. 
The third grader was suspended for shaving her head in sympathy for a friend who had to go through chemotherapy. And then there was the high school senior who was suspended for saying, bless you, after a fellow classmate seized. It never single, it never ends because we've allowed this godless indoctrination from the National Education Association that's controlled by a bunch of lesbian witches. Wow, there you go. And you wonder why we get hate mail. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. A bunch of lesbian witches that hate human beings. They hate God. They hate your children. And they want to force them all to become satanic drones in their unbelievable hellish landscape of their life that they want to force on the children of this country. So, guys, homeschool your kids, if at all possible. Do like Austin did. Get a homeschool co-op. And keep them out of the school indoctrination systems or the quasi, how should I say, slave labor camps that have become our school systems with their indoctrination systems. What a mess. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it on the head with that one. I mean, wonder why we get hate mail. <laughs> That's what happens when you speak the truth. And uh, this is exactly what is happening right now. And you nailed it, I mean, spot on. And, you know, we go back and forth. I've had this conversation with people before, and they're like, oh, you know, it's just I've got this going on and that going on. I'm like, dude, I get it. You know, it's there, there's no question about it. It's much, much simpler and much easier to simply go drop the kids off at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning and not have to deal with anything. Go pick them up 2, 3, 4 o'clock every time school gets out. Be done with it. Just, okay, done with them. I have to deal with them. They're gone for the day. I can go work. I can go do whatever I have to do, go run a business, and just set it and forget it basically. But that's why they did it. They have it set up like that. <laughs> they want it to be as easy as possible to draw these children into the communist indoctrination camp. They want to make sure they're raising little communists, not little Americans. And the most effective way to do that is make it as simplistic as possible to keep them in that position. So, again, I know everybody's got their own places they're at, but – you do what's best for you and your family. I know there's also some very good charter schools and also private schools that are around that actually have decent curriculums and really good teachers. But, I mean, again, you've got to do your own research. That's the biggest thing. Too many times now I feel like individuals, not just parents, just people in general, they simply go, okay, what's the easiest, cheapest route? That's the way I'm going to go. The problem with that concept is usually the easiest, cheapest route isn't the most beneficial route, being honest with you. Most of the time you'll find that good things, that things that are very positive usually take effort. They're not convenient. They take more work. They take more time. They take more you know, positioning that you have to do. And so, again, that's just you have to decide what you want to do with it. But what we've watched now in this school system has been an abysmal failure when it's come to actually training and teaching children. Like Dad said, it's, it's all about what they're training them to put on these tests. It's all about how they're training them to think this is why DeSantis in Florida has been so diametrically opposed to the critical race theory and all the other crazy stuff that they've been trying to inject into these curriculums now. And now, even though a lot of that stuff has been banned, what they're trying to do now is put things up in the classroom. I told you guys this a couple weeks ago to elicit talks about it, to elicit questions. So they can't put it in their curriculum, but they can put little subtle nuances in their class, like a, a flag or a poster that basically kids go, well, what does that mean? 
what is that for? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, little Ricky. Let me explain to you what that means. And then the teacher basically goes out of their way to push their filthy indoctrination on the kids. And it's not in the curriculum. It's not in the syllabus. It's not in the school system. It's right there in their platform that they're pushing because that's their overall goal is to pollute and corrupt these young kids before they're old enough to really realize what they're being indoctrinated into. So, again, spot on with that. Also, to another news, this is interesting. You know, it's sad because you see Africa, a lot of African countries constantly get used as essentially the, the test bank for a lot of these crazy things, whether it be vaccines or whether it be the digital IDs they're doing and pushing back. However, the Kenyan Ministry of Interior last week now has suspended the very controversial tech firm WorldCoin and every other entity from operating in the country. The WorldCoin, as you guys know, offers the free crypto tokens worth around $50 for people willing to have their eyeballs scanned by the device called the Orb. This, I've gone into detail on this months ago about this going on in India where they're giving them these $50 incentives, these $50 token digital currency. The funny part about this is, is the sick part about this, this whole digital currency, it's nothing. It doesn't exist. It's, 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 it's pixie dust. It's just, ah, it's there, it's there, it's over here, you grab it, it doesn't exist. I've tried to explain that to people so many times. I get the whole concept with you know, basically the independent ledgers and the Bitcoin and all the different things that go along with that. But the thing about those are that's not what they're implementing. They're not implementing any type of funding. They're not implementing any type of assets. They're simply saying, hey, we have imaginary crypto tokens we're giving you that are worth X amount of dollars that we've literally invented out of thin air. If you give us your biometrics – We'll go ahead and basically give you this free $50 in crypto tokens that you can go buy stuff with. The, the minister went on to say here, he said, the relevant security, financial services, and data protection agencies have commenced inquiries and investigations to establish the authenticity and legality of the activities, the safety, and the protection of the data being harvested. He said, let us support the stoppage of Kenyans being used as guinea pigs and their data being harvested. You have to ask yourself why your eyes are having to be scanned and information gathered to get a couple free tokens. What does it mean? What will it mean for you and your offspring? can't argue with anything he just said there. You nailed the spot on. They've they banned the stuff in Kenya now because what's happened is you've had these banker boys again that are wanting to data log the biometrics of every single person in the entire world. That's where this is at. That's where this is going. you got to understand the overall goal. You can't just look at the small incident that's happening in India or Kenya or anything like that. What they're doing with this orb that they want to scan everybody's retina that they're trying to push into this world coin system they want to have the the biometrics of every single individual person in the entire world so they can sit there not only direct target them and monitor everything you do but they also want to be able to go in and control everything you do the movie minority report was well before its time the more things start to occur and we're starting to watch the more you realize how crazy that movie was with tom cruise that came out years ago and one of the main factors in that film was everybody's retinas were scanned, and he ended up having to have basically this eyeball surgery. You guys see him. I'm not going to ruin it for you. But it was crazy because there's a scene where he walks into a mall, and there's these cameras everywhere, and they're scanning everybody's faces as you walk by. You're not having to walk into something or basically put your face up to an orb. You're literally just walking in the mall just like you would, and they're scanning everybody as they walk by. And every time they walk by a post – a wall, anything, 
It scans them, and it has this directed advertisement specifically for you by name of exactly what you're thinking about and exactly what you're looking for, and they post it on this big poster. Oh, Mr. John Smith, we noticed you're looking for new jeans today. Here's a discount coupon right now. Another one scans it. Another one scans it. That movie was bizarre, and the more I see this stuff come out now, the more I realize – They were telling us what they're planning on doing with it. Be so careful with your biometrics and your personal data, my friends. That's why I've repeatedly told you guys there's a reason why I always keep tape over my facial camera, the selfie camera. And also I have a case that has a camera blocker on the back of it. I keep all my permissions turned off on my phone. And quite frankly, if I'm having a private conversation, my phone isn't here. I'm just because I want to have a private conversation. I don't need anybody in the room with me other than who's in the room with me. All this information is being constantly used, and the selfie camera is the worst thing you can possibly allow to have on your phone and not have covered up because it ties into every single app on your phone, and they record your face on every single app that you're using, whether it's a dating service, whether it's social media, whether it's an email, every single app. If there's a permission for it, they're recording your face. They're looking at your eye movement. They're looking at your pupil dilation. They're looking at your facial expression. They're looking if you're frowning or smiling. You can look this up. This is all documented topics that I'm bringing up right now. And longer that you allow that data to be harvested on you and watch you and monitor you, the more they can predict what you're going to do. They've talked about it with Facebook now, with the way they monitor you and likes and photos. They can actually predict what you're going to do at a certain time of the day before you essentially even do it. And they're accurate to like 98% now. That's how effective this information is and this data is that they're collecting on a regular basis. So yes, be very cautious on who you give this information to and who you give your biometrics because they're trying to play it off like, oh, it's fine, nothing to see here. Don't don't be don't get weird about it. It's just you know, it's just your biometrics. Just scan your eyeballs. Why do they really want your eyeballs so bad? Hmm? You might ask that question, like the Nigerian minister. Why do they want your palm scans so much? Why do they want your fingerprints and your, basically your vein structure in your hands so you can do this Amazon one where you just scan your hand on it? Why are they so concerned about having this information? Ask yourself that question because I can promise you it's not about for your convenience and safety and protection. It's all about control and manipulation. Always be aware of that. Also, to another news, this is interesting. This is a pretty – Cool story. I'm proud of this this elderly lady. And again, this is why I encourage you guys. Doesn't matter how old you are, make sure you know how to defend yourself. This is over here in California, in Oakland, crime ridden Oakland. Seventy five year old California woman is in her house sleeping. Two home intruders break into her house, home invasion, both of them armed, kick down basically her door. The armed robbers are searching her house for valuables, and they basically get to her bedroom, and they try to basically break into her bedrooms. It's locked. The 74-year-old, 75-year-old woman had a 357 Magnum in her nightstand. When they broke in her door, she basically fired one shot at the armed robbers. The burglars responded by firing multiple shots and fleeing the home. Nobody was hit. Thank goodness she wasn't hit, but however – they left immediately. 357 Magnum's a heck of a round if you've ever shot one, only to be succeeded by the 44 Magnum, only to be succeeded by the 500 Smith and Wesson. But at the end of the day, 357 is a heck of a round, and one single shot didn't even hit them, but it made them flee the scene. And basically, they shot back, apparently, but they didn't hit her because, I mean, remember, these guys are criminals. They're not marksmen. 
These guys aren't operators. They're morons is what they are. They're thieves. They're pathetic individuals that are going in and doing home invasions. But it's, again, why I've said this repeatedly. The only thing that stops bad guys with a gun is good guys that are carrying a gun. Force has to be recognized. I don't care how strong you are, how good you are at jiu-jitsu, how good you are at combative striking. If you're out in a situation and you're not in close proximity and somebody pulls a firearm out on you, I don't care how strong you are. If you don't have the ability to get close to them, they have a firearm. You don't have a firearm. If they want to shoot you, they can. The only thing that bad guy recognizes is either effective force or either superior force. So, again, that's why I really encourage people, especially as things get stranger and stranger nowadays, it seems like. Make sure you know and have the ability to defend yourself on a full spectrum, whether it be on the ground in jiu-jitsu or standing with Muay Thai or karate or whatever your choice may be. Even just basic standard takedowns and breakaway tactics. These things are all really crucial to understand right now because there's gonna start you're gonna start seeing more and more of this. There's already been videos, you see this all the time now in California, with these smashing grabs all the time. When you start allowing criminals to become so emboldened with zero bond policy, where they literally get arrested for violent crimes, they walk in, they get fingerprinted, they walk right back out to jail. What do you think is going to happen with that policy? You're going to incite enormous amounts of crime and violence across any city you instill that in. And it's like I told you guys before. The government does this. They allow the criminals to get more emboldened. Then they start locking everything up further and further. Then the criminals get blowtorches and start opening up all the locks inside the stores to steal the stuff. Then now you're starting to see where you have to have your face scanned in certain cities. Where they have to get full facial scanning of you on camera before you're even allowed in the store and everything locks up behind you like you're going into some you know, high security, maximum security prison. That's how stores are starting to get. Look at what they've done with Aldi's now over in the UK where you've got to scan the QR code on your phone just to get through the turnstiles told you guys about that one guy that was over there that was basically doing it in protest. He walked in, got in without using the QR code, went to buy a pint of strawberries like – two and a half dollars they would not take cash at all they said this is credit card or app payment only he put the cash on the counter and said i'm leaving here's the cash i have not stolen anything this is what it costs here's the money and then he went through and basically pushed through the turnstiles that prevent you from leaving without scanning more codes and they called the cops on him and i don't know what happened after that i didn't do more research whether or not they arrested him or not and again i'm not encouraging you to go do that what i'm saying is this is what starts to has to happen with civil disobedience when people start realizing if you don't speak up, if you don't stand up, if you don't protect your kids, if you don't teach your kids truth and biblical principles, if you don't stand up for freedom and being able to travel freely on your way and conduct business freely on your way, those things dissipate very rapidly. Because as I have said over and over and over again, just because it is a right, just because it is the Bill of Rights, does not mean it is respected unless you demand it to be respected. So I encourage you, my friends. Keep getting the truth out there on a regular basis. I appreciate all the support. What do you think, Dad? Well, I'll say one thing, and you're absolutely right. You know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, I got put into school, you know, I guess a year early. Because I've told you guys that before. And so my birthday was in November, and I ended up basically putting in the year ahead of where I should have been. And so I got – I was a lot smaller than all the other kids who had grown another year, so I got bullied a lot. And I didn't like it. Now, don't get me wrong. I, to this day, I hate bullies. I don't. If I see somebody getting bullied, I, 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 I stop it. And what I learned was I started hitting the weights and I started working out when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. 
And I realized very quickly that bullies don't like, you know, somebody who can put force back on them that's stronger than their force. And it stops the bullying almost immediately. And, you know, and again, this, this used to be allowed in schools as far as, you know, kids could grow past the bullying and get into fights in the parking lot or par fights in the school ground or fights on the PE field. And now they're all arrested or tasered or whatever. And I'm not advocating fighting, but what I am saying is this. The only thing a bully understands or a bad guy understands is greater force, period. It's like Austin said. And so this lady with the 357 Magnum, you got to give her credit for that because they don't want to be they, – they don't want a person who's not helpless if they're going to break into their house. Nobody wants to be in a situation where somebody's shooting back at them if they're a bad guy. They're smashing grabs. They want to come in as quick as they can, get what they want, and get out as quick as they want. They don't want to do that unless they're one of those people that want to come in and rob, steal, kill, and destroy, and rape, and everything else. Those people are awful. But the point is they still don't want the person shooting back at them. And so I urge all of you, I urge all of you, always legally carry a firearm to the best of your ability. And if you need to use it, which is going to be basically hopefully never, make sure it's done legally also based upon the rules and the basically the regulations in your respective state. And if you live in a respective state that hinders those rules and don't allow you to defend yourself, I highly suggest that you find another state other than Florida. <laughs> To move to, we have got such a problem here with our traffic now. I promise you, you don't want to be here. I mean, you can go to Orlando, like you go to Celebration, which is 20 miles away. Sometimes it'll take 20 minutes. Sometimes it'll take an hour and a half to two hours. I'm not joking, guys. And Austin will tell you, I'm just shooting straight with you because the traffic just stops. And it's the worst I've ever seen anywhere in the world. It's just horrific how bad the traffic is here now. And, of course, there's no plans unless probably 20 years down the road to increase our infrastructure. So just be aware of that. But teach your kids exactly like Austin said. Put them on Muay Thai. Put them in Taekwondo. Put them in Karate. Put them in Jiu-Jitsu. Put them in shoot fighting. Whatever you want to do. Something that's safe for them is not going to cause a lot of head trauma. I don't like that either because I'd rather have them not getting hit in the head all the time, especially during brain development. But make sure they know how to defend themselves so they don't have to go through a victim status mentality. And teach them to defend their friends. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. Make sure your kids know that they've, if they've got a friend who's not trained like they are, and somebody's going to pick on that friend, that that's not going to happen. You know, I've done that before. You know, I was in high school and college, and I got really big and strong, and I had 18 and a half inch arms and a 50 inch chest and all that kind of crazy stuff without steroids. I may add, I would say to them, uh, "You need to stop that. This isn't happening. Not now." Well, you just—I'm not talking to you. I'm like, "Yeah, you are. You're talking to my friend. This is going to stop." And pretty much invariably it stopped because once they get a good look at you, they basically don't know what to do because now all of a sudden you can bench press 340 pounds for reps. And they're like, this is not going to go well because here's what happens with these bullies. They know they can pick on a pencil neck. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I said that. A person who basically has like 10-inch arms or a 10-inch neck, right? They know they can pick on a person like that and not have any retribution. I knew kids that were like this. They would go out every weekend and they would find somebody to beat up in a bar, not making it up. Just low life, low life, low life people. Every one of them has been in prison most of his adult life now. They would always go out and find somebody to pick on, and they'd always find the weakest person they could find to beat up because they knew it was going to be an easy person to beat up. They never walked into a bar and found a guy who was six foot eight, 300 pounds, who was a world's mixed martial arts champion, and decided to take him and try to take him out back. They didn't do that. Now, there are some people, I will say this, there are some people that are so twisted in the head, they will try to do that. Bruce Lee used to say that all the time. I can't go anywhere because every time I go somewhere, somebody wants to try me and try me and try me and try me to see if they can fight me just to prove who they are, to try to build their own reputation. Now, you're going to get some of that, too. But the vast majority of the people don't want to go jump on somebody who's six foot eight and 300 pounds with 5% body fat who's a mixed martial arts champion. 
they figure like like Brock Lester. They don't want to go jump on Brock Lester. Jumping on Brock Lester, or jumping on The Rock, or somebody who's that big, who's that strong, is probably not a good idea if you weigh 110 pounds. Just thought I'd say that. But the point is this: be there and be prepared for your friends if you need to be. Now, I'm not talking about getting into a gunfight for your friends and all that stuff. I hope it never goes to that. But the point is, be ready to defend somebody who's helpless. That's what the Bible wants us to do, isn't it? Protect one another, be with one another, support one another, love one another. Don't let people pick on your friends. I remember one time I was with a guy by the name of Brother Robin, and we were hiking Mount Leconte. And we had some bully on the trail with us. Uh, some bully. He was just a bully. And he was said, be saying bad things about Brother Robin because, you know, he's a preacher. And finally, I said to the guy, I said, this needs to stop and stop now. He looked at me kind of funny. What do you mean? I said, yeah, you heard me. I said, this is going to stop now. I'm not listening to this anymore. You're not going to be picking on my pastor friend. And it stopped. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, we have to realize that sometimes it doesn't take a physical altercation. Sometimes it just takes you standing your ground and saying, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. I remember one time I was doing a river rafting trip, same thing with Brother Robin. And some guy was running his mouth, running his mouth, running his mouth. Finally got on the bus going back to the, you know, to the cars. And he starts running his mouth again. And I stood up in the bus and I said, you know, this is going to stop now. So I've listened to your mouth all day. This just stops now. And he looked me kind of funny and he sat down and it stopped. But the point is, bullies don't like being confronted. And here's what a lot of people do, especially when you're a Christian. They confuse you trying to be nice with weakness. I've never talked about this before, but I got I to mention this briefly. And, that, and we should be nice. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but that doesn't mean that you're somebody's whipping post, and it doesn't mean that you're somebody's doormat. And you can say to them, look, this needs to stop, and then you can get a little more forceful say, this needs to stop, this needs to stop now, or I'm not going to be nice anymore. And see, that's the key here as walking with power and love with restraint. We have tremendous power that lives with us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And that means we can handle things differently than the world does. But, oh, God, sometimes you still got to just step up and say, this stops and this stops now. We're not dealing with this. You need to leave these people alone and not pick on them like this. And invariably, that usually happens, unless the bully's got a bunch of bully friends and you're doing some type of process thing. You got a bunch of witch lesbians running around who won't shut up and won't keep their mouth shut. And all they want to do is scream and yell and put curses on you and act like a bunch of doggone harpies that are basically crawling out of hell trying to figure out what they want to do on this planet. Those kind of people, it's best to avoid those kind of people altogether because, quite frankly, they'll sit there and they will not stop. They won't do it. It's easier to walk away. Remember that time that Austin and I were on that plane and that harpy was behind us? And she was yelling and screaming and saying all this horrible stuff about Christians and conservatives. And I finally turned around and I looked at her. I said, you know, we're, I mean, we're flying on business class. We're like on the front of the plane. And she says, I know who you are. Do you have your AR-15 or your AK-47 under the plane? She starts screaming this. I mean, Austin in the front of the plane. That was a harpy. Now, I'm in a situation where I could have gotten back saying stuff to her. But she's screaming about guns on an airplane. I looked at Austin and I said, this ain't happening, not now, not ever. The harpy here, let's leave her alone and not start on this because she's trying to provoke something here that's going to end up badly for everybody. And I told you that story. We've flown out to St. Louis. But guys, listen to me. There are a lot of weirdos out there. Quite frankly, sometimes it's just best to avoid the weirdos. And that's what I always try to do. Austin, what do you think? Finish it up, my brother, and I will, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. One thing, you know, I, I think, and it's a topic we never really bring up either. I'm glad you brought that up as far as with, you know, kindness being, Thank you. 
yeah, being, you know, basically uh, confused with weakness when it comes as far as Christianity, because, you know, a lot of Christians really do try to do the best thing. And we do try to be nice. I try not to be rude and mean to people, but, you know, I have a very short fuse of certain things. I'll be honest with you on that. I have very little tolerance for certain things that I've gotten older. And so, again, but it's a lot of times, as Dad just mentioned, sometimes you've got to show discretion. And that's that's been hard for me in some cases, especially when I was younger. But when you start having people do certain things in public settings that you know are going to escalate very rapidly, especially, and I state this very clearly, especially if you are legally carrying deadly force, the best option in any situation is to avoid it. And I say that very sincerely. I've had a lot of guys that have been involved in gunfights, a lot of guys that have been in shootings as far as legal shootings that I've known and I've talked to. And it never goes well. I mean, even if you live and even if they die or even if you protect everybody, it still is a rough situation you got to deal with afterwards. And the best thing is try to de-escalate it as best as possible. But always have that ability to, if worst case scenario happens, you have the ability, the skills, the tactics, and the mindset to handle something efficiently, effectively, and as safely as possible to protect those around you, especially loved ones and friends. And again, don't put yourself in situations where you know this is going to escalate. I've been in places before. I've gone out places before. I'll say, you know what? I don't, something doesn't feel right. I've done. I've been with Landon for like something doesn't feel right. Well, let's go over here. Let's do this. Let's stop by here. Let's go over and walk across the street. Because I've seen people before. I read body language very well. If you're out about in public and you're a male and you have family, you need to be analyzing situations where you're out in public. Because one thing I have learned, especially background and as far as in you know combative skills and training and karate and taekwondo and muay thai and jujitsu, stuff happens so stinking fast sometimes. I mean, a lot of times things occur before you even realize they're happening. And you've got to have the skill set to immediately respond, not sit there and think, well, how am I going to do this in this situation? Should I do this? Should I do that? Most cases, you don't have that luxury. Time is not a luxury in a situation like that. You have stuff happens within seconds, sometimes split seconds. And sometimes you've got to make decisions very, very quickly. So, again, understand that. You as you will with that information, but I encourage you to continue to keep raising little Americans and continue to stay strong yourself. Also, too, in other news, I was going through some of the articles we have going on here, and I saw something that was interesting as well, but especially when it comes to the food supply. You know, Tyson Chicken, not a huge fan of them. But they make a lot of chicken that has a lot of preservatives in it. However, this is interesting, is they said they're shutting down four more U.S. chicken plants. Tyson Foods said they allegedly missed their expectations for profit on Monday, and so the company is closing four more U.S. chicken plants in its latest bid to allegedly reduce costs. They said Tyson's already cut corporate jobs and shut another chicken plants this year as it struggles with profits. The company hiked prices last year to offset spiral feed and labor costs, but has been hit by 2023 by lower prices in core protein segments. The company has been struggling to predict sales and previously set reduced demands. You know, I don't know how much of this I buy. I do know the sales have been down as I looked at some of the market stuff on them. But again, I also do find it strangely ironic that, you know, BlackRock and Vanguard are the <laughs> major shareholders in Tyson as BlackRock and Vanguard are the major shareholders in these new plant-based and lab-grown meat companies. And I find it very interesting. All of a sudden, we've got these chicken plants that are suddenly shutting down, but we've got a growing population, allegedly. We've got more people coming to the United States, a lot of them illegally, but yet the demand for food is somehow going down. 
you guys take that with what you want, but I find it very strange that some of the numbers and things we're hearing are constantly contradicting one another. It's almost like they know what's about to start coming and they know what they're going to start promoting. This thing that they're starting to push now with this whole fake meat and lab meat, as I mentioned earlier in the show, there's some very nefarious stuff going along with this. And that's why I continue to encourage people to try to do the best you can to stay stocked up. Whether it be food buckets, whether it be just beans and rice that you store properly, whether or not it's having an orchard, avocado trees, and having some chickens, and you know whether goat, cows, whatever you do on your own property, it's up to you. But it's something definitely to look into, and it's definitely something to really analyze from a family standpoint. Because one thing that I have seen throughout history, and this is well documented, is that food controls the population. You control the food, you can control the people. You can control the people, you can essentially get them to go along with whatever crazy conceived ideas you come up with, especially bad people. And so again, food has always been used as a weapon, it's always been used as a tool. We saw this in the Soviet Union horrifically under Stalin, what he did is starving out farmers and starving out the population. This is common practice, and I don't think this stuff right now that's occurring is coincidence whatsoever. So continue to stay strong, my friends. Continue to stay prepped for whatever you may need, and as all, if you need anything, healthmasters.com is always here to help you out with the highest quality supplements and nutrients. Also, I have kits on sale right now on the front page, like the Maximum Energy Kit. You guys know it's one of my favorite ones, a staple I take every day. That's with a multiple adrenal cortisol B complex. That's on sale right now on the front page. Also, multiple other kits as well. And be sure to check out and read on the Probiotic 350. That's something that sounds good to you. Give it a try. I promise you, really helps out with overall gut health. Incredibly effective product. So check it out, healthmasters.com. I appreciate the support. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.